Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The, the Nonprofit, Nonprofit Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Reframe. Happy Monday. This is being released Monday, December 14, which means uh, today's the 7th, a full week in advance. By the time this is released, Colorado Gives Day will be done. The numbers will be in the books. We will have collectively collectively raised millions and millions and millions of dollars in the state of Colorado. We'll all be sipping champagne, putting our feet up. It'll be a great day. <laughs> Halfway through December. Holy yeah. cow. Two weeks away from 2021. Hell yeah. Let's Counting down. Counting down the days. Let's put 2020 in the rear view, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> hey, but vaccines are coming out. The plans are going to be rolling out of how those are going to be distributed. 2021 is really looking up. Yes, I have uh, good feelings, high hopes, though it might be a little bit longer than we thought. Yes, yes. Uh, My husband is in group 1B for Colorado. Um, (laughs) I told him he should update his dating profile with that. There's going to be a point (laughs) at which, like, we all go around, like, I've been vaccinated, 2021 t-shirts on. Nice. Nice. Can't wait. (laughs) Do you remember when we were cute little naive babies back in March and we thought that it was just going to be a couple months? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. At least there's a light at the end. There is a light. We can see it. It's coming. Just hold on. How was your weekend? Oh, it was fine. Um, In full holiday mode over here. Um, if I wanted to be really, uh, self-deprecating right now, I would show you my office, which is an absolute shambles. Uh, there's bubble wrap, there's ribbon running across the floor, there are tape dispensers everywhere, pieces of wrapping paper everywhere. It's an absolute holiday disaster. Ooh, have you been wrapping gifts and all that kind of stuff? Yes, yes. Yeah, so my office is ground zero for all things holiday. Um, when shipments arrive, the boxes come out up here. I've got a nice tower of sometimes open, sometimes not boxes in here. Uh, then they get wrapped, and then they go into an empty dresser in the guest bedroom where they are meticulously labeled for shipment with wow. both the recipient and the date upon which they need to be shipped to arrive in time. So, uh, yeah, it was just a weekend of uh, all-out holiday cheer at my house. (laughs) We are two extremely different people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. You have such a process. I'm jealous. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we've got a lot of family. I've got an extensive spreadsheet of everybody who gets a gift, um, their gift ideas, and then they shift to a different color when the item has actually been purchased. 
and it's got a tab for the last five years, so I can see what everybody's been gifted. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> you don't? Oh my goodness. What? I mean, I have on my notes app on my phone, every time I think of a gift idea for someone, I put it in that. So I at least have a running list of ideas and then I check it if I bought it. And then I do have a list of people's names that I need to get gifts for, but it is handwritten on a sheet of paper. (laughs) (laughs) That's still, that's still organized. I give you points for it. I mean, I've come a long way. Yes. That is, that's really far from where I used to be, but I will say that my process still has holes in it. There are still gifts that I have purchased that I forgot I purchased that I find after the fact. (laughs) Yes, totally. And now that my kids are getting older, I have to up my hiding place. Oh, I bet. Yeah. My parents had some good ones. I remember finding them in like an old filing cabinet down in the basement. Genius. I know. Yeah. This is the first holiday that we have been home in our home since we've been married. Uh, So very different vibe this year. Um, And I'm trying to like bring about some of the, the traditions that my husband really likes. But his family has some very specific food traditions that I find appalling and disgusting like what um so they like they have is it squirrel is it squirrel no no (laughs) they like pickled herring um pickled watermelon uh sorry creamed herring pickled watermelon uh that all of the olives i hate olives absolutely cannot stand olives i do too and yet i named my daughter olive Uh, so funny she likes them, though. Well, that's what's important. Exactly. So I've been trying to figure out, like, which of these traditions I can, I can like, stomach keeping alive while we're here and not with his family and finding it a real real challenge. I think if it's his family and his tradition, then he needs to make it. <laughs> so it's not happening. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you last year pull a Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon and go out of the country for Christmas and just say, screw you all. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> which was the first time ever. And it wasn't necessarily met with like, uh, a lot of grace by all. Um, so this year we were going to make amends, be back with the family for Christmas and alas, coronavirus, uh, has other ideas for us. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I'm sure it's going to be great. It's probably going to be really nice and relaxing and quiet and, you know, yes. it, that is one thing. It kind of eases the um, family expectations, COVID. Yes. I I think once the gifts are in the mail, I will feel so much better and my office will be clean again, which will make me feel better. Um, but, you know, sh- shipping delays are out of control this year. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm feeling the pressure to get things up and out. For the first time ever, we did holiday cards. <laughs> I cannot wait for your holiday card. I, I have been, I've, I've had a teaser, but I haven't seen the final product and I'm so excited. I, I figured if this is our first and potentially only ever holiday card, we, we had to go all out. So it's, it's pretty special. 
Oh, that's great. Well, guess what's in two days? What? It's officially our anniversary. <gasps> Aw, it's our potiversary. Potiversary. Happy potiversary. Happy potiversary to you. So I want to tell everybody that last year, Nia had these really darling necklaces made. I should have mine on. I'm going to wear it on the 9th. And it says um, B and N, and on the back it has the date of our first recording. And um, it's it's like our marriage date. <laughs> our husbands are like, wait, what? Why? I don't, I don't understand. I'm like, no, it's our potiversary. They don't get it. The- they don't. They just don't get it. No. I love it, though. So, yeah. Can you believe that? I know we've been talking about it for a while, but um, now it's here, and we're going to be celebrating next week, right? Yeah. So, by the time people are hearing this, it'll be later this week. Uh, on Thursday the 17th, you can join us for a super fun holiday slash potiversary celebration. Yeah, so go to our website and make sure that you register. If you're hearing this and you're like, what? I didn't know about that. Get it on your calendar. Come check it out. We want to see you. We want to do a live recording and we want to be able to say hi to everybody who's listening. Absolutely. Thursday the 17th, 7 to 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Mountain Time. Yeah, that's new for people on the East Coast. I remember living on the East Coast, and I'm like, what the hell is mountain time? So, <laughs> not Pacific, not central, but mountain. Just want to make sure people get it right. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. <laughs> Don't you? It was just always so foreign. It was like mountain time. That sounds fancy. <laughs> I did that's not have whatever- experience. What? Okay, whatever. Whatever. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think you should introduce it because this was your topic idea. It's true, right? We, (laughs) our topics are usually inspired by everyday real life events. And this is no exception. I called Nia all fired up and I'm like, we have to do an episode on nonprofit salespeople because they're <laughs> killing me. <laughs> and so we started talking about different conversations we've had with sales reps, um, different tactics that they use to try to get our attention. Um, we do a podcast about nonprofit staff and we say they're unrelenting. Nonprofit salespeople, they are the definition of unrelenting. That is so true. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. So have what is your experience as a consultant? Do you get hit up by sales reps? Yeah. Well, I think, okay, first off, I think it's helpful to frame this in a positive because I do always think it's kind of a nice reversal, especially as a fundraiser. Like somebody is chasing me for something I have <laughs> versus us always like hands open, please help us. Um, so that part feels good. Um, but yeah, so on the consultant side, the hardest part for me is so often I am reaching out to get quotes for clients 
right? Like I'm recommending they use a new CRM. And so I, I get a specific quote from the three top ones that I'm recommending. I don't actually want that product. I'm right. just passing that on. Well, the sales reps don't seem to necessarily understand that. And so they will continue to hunt me down no matter what, no matter how many times I'm like, I don't, I don't need your CRM. I'm sorry my client hasn't contacted you, but they must have gone with another one. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Do they link with you on LinkedIn? They try. I don't <laughs> accept. <laughs> I mean, if I don't actually know you, I don't want to link with you. I don't know. I don't understand the people who do that on LinkedIn anyway. Like to me, LinkedIn is like a virtual Rolodex. These are people that I've had some sort of meaningful work relationship with. So at some point I can go through and be like, okay, who do I know from here? Oh, look at my friends who are now doing these amazing things. I don't want some random salesperson who I had a 10-minute demo call with. Yeah. So here's my new strategy. And maybe you should try it out. Um, It worked. It worked for me and it worked for them. About a year ago... I was contacted by a CRM rep, and I decided that during the call, I was just going to tell her about my new podcast. And so I just sold her on the nonprofit reframe and told her that she needed to start listening, which then she did. And then six months later, we continued to stay in contact because of the podcast. And then six months later, I bought her product. (laughs) what a lovely reversal yeah so we gained a listener um and she gained a contract so all of you crm companies out there listening to get britney's business start (laughs) listening to the podcast (laughs) um i love the email tactics though the ones that really bug the shit out of me though are the, hey, I just looked at your website and here are the 10 <sighs> shittiest things about it. And this is how we could help you improve upon that. Oh, God. I don't, like, who does that work for? Who sees that and is like, oh, wow, they must know what they're talking about. Versus, I think the majority of us who are like, who the fuck is this? Right. Like, how many people read the list of crappy things on their website and is like, I had no idea. Thank you. I had I had no idea that it was not best practices to keep outdated information on the homepage. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is only one person in the entire organization even remotely knows how to do updates on and or has access to the website. And that person may or may not know how to change the slider that was created by somebody that left six months ago. And so it hasn't been updated because, A, nobody's got time for it, and B, nobody knows how. Well, again, like this goes back to what we talked about in our consultants episode. Coming in and making assumptions about an organization and their staff's intelligence Access to information, et cetera, based on something like that is ridiculous. The fact of the matter is it's probably a capacity issue. And so unless you are coming in with some AI solution, some fucking robot that's going to help us out, get off my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also a money issue. 
Like, I can't, if I could hire you to do it, I could hire somebody who has that knowledge and skill to be on staff to do it. And I'd rather them say, hey, nonprofit professional, I know you're tired. We got you. <laughs> That's the email. Hey there, development director, pull up a chair. Grab a martini. Let's talk through this. I know you're tired. Just stay with us. We're going to help you. <laughs> I mean, how many times have I Googled HTML to try to figure out how to change one thing on our website that should have taken two minutes and ends up taking me an hour? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just happened so many times. It's laughable. We have to laugh because if we don't, we cry. <laughs> right, right. What are some other tactics that you've seen? The relentless callers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't like people calling me anyway. I'm an introvert. I'm a millennial. I mean, if you're calling me, you better be my parents or my grandparents. <laughs> I, otherwise, I don't want to fucking hear from you. Uh, there is one company, and they get me every time because they're on Prince Edward Island in Canada, uh huh. which is just, it, it's like this idyllic, idyllic space that I want to go to. Uh, did you watch Avonlea growing up? No. What is that? One of my absolute favorite shows. I'm quite a bit older than you. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a millennial. So no, I did not watch that. So it's um, it's a spinoff uh, from Anne of Green Gables. Okay. But it takes place on Prince Edward Island, or pieces of it does. And, like, that, that's one of my my destinations for vacations. It's on my short list. And that's so where every... you're having Christmas next year. <laughs> that sounds really cold. <laughs> but every time they call, for some reason, I don't know why, I'm like, did I win a sweepstakes? Am I going to Prince Edward Island? Shut up. And I fucking answer, and it's this Shut company. Shut up. Every time they get me with that. How about, I mean, I, this isn't just nonprofit salespeople, but how they've now been able to mask their phone number so that it shows up as the same area code in which you're in. Mm -hmm. yeah. That gets me sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a donor. Mm, no, it's not. Have you ever worked in a nonprofit that was close enough that you'd just get walk-in salespeople who weren't nonprofit specific? Yes. Yes. Those were always my favorite because they would walk in unknowing, not realizing that we're a nonprofit. And by the end, we would, of course, turn it on them and ask them for a donation because we didn't want nice. whatever the fuck they were selling. <laughs> nice. Did it work? Sometimes. Uh, like some of the copier places. Oh, oh, let's talk copier sales and leases. <laughs> How has this not come up? Oh, I have so well, many things to say. That's... <laughs> That's our, always our default for-profit job, right? <laughs> Copier sales, yeah. yeah. Oh, they are relentless. Re relentless. Relentless, yes. Okay, so when I joined this organization as executive director, we had a big old copier and had a, a massive lease. Um, I think I was there for four years. I think it had just ended as I was leaving. So this was a five- or ten-year lease on a fucking copier. Which is the dumbest thing ever, as if technology doesn't advance significantly in five to ten years of copying. Exactly, exactly. Not only did we pay a monthly fee, we paid a per copy fee on top of it. 
Mm-hmm. We were paying out of our ass for fucking copies. And so it came time for renewal. Obviously, I was like, we're out because we can take six months of our lease payments and buy our own. Right. Um, and this company was so pissed. And so they would they would send people. Knowing that we were an existing customer, they would send their reps to us to try to get us to stay. And that always reminded me of The Office. I know we talked yes. about this a few episodes ago. Because watching The Office, I'm always like, who who actually has a relationship with their paper distributor? You don't. But my fucking copy lease company, I did. And I knew the rep because they showed up all the goddamn time. I Or the tech. Like you get oh, to know yeah. the person who the comes tech. and services it because it was always jammed. Always breaking down. Always breaking down. Always right before you needed to do like a big appeal or you were on a timeline. Yep. Oh my gosh. I just had this memory. I got it. So my first nonprofit job and (laughs) my best friend Julie and I (laughs) were working there and I mean, it was a big, it's a long story, but I worked for this nonprofit that also had a for-profit subsidiary and it was probably one of the more corporate jobs I ever worked in, even though it was technically a nonprofit. And so we had about 80 people there and we had a big time copier machine. Like, oh my gosh, the the number of um, tutorials that I sat through where they come and they show you how to do all the different things. Yes. Oh my and you're God. like, oh my God, we could collate, staple, bifold, trifold, you know, all at once. And then, of course, as soon as they left, we forgot how to do it all. And we're like, <laughs> we just need a copy, just a copy. Like, if we could double-side it, great. And <laughs> we, my friend Julie and I, were printing out, I forget what it was now, but it m- must have been some sort of manual that probably had, like, 80 pages. And we print, we hit print. And then we went to lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we came back, the CEO of our company was like, um, ladies, we need to talk to you. We had printed probably 80 copies of the 80-page manual. And since it was one of those big-time printers, I mean, it used, like, every single piece of paper in every single drawer. There was so much volume. I mean, it was ginormous. (laughs) Such waste. I mean, horrendous waste. And it just ran and ran and ran and ran for an hour while we were gone and nobody knew or nobody stopped it, we used to joke about how many, like how we needed to dedicate the rest of our lives to planting trees to like (laughs) (laughs) help the earth recover from our mistake. Oh my God. It was so wasteful. They were not happy (laughs) at all. So then that became a very clear rule of like, anytime you're printing anything, you cannot walk away. You stand there for the next two hours and watch yes. your friends. <laughs> yes. I forgot about calling in for support and I was just reminded. So uh, I, for whatever reason, our copier was like in the middle of the upstairs hallway. Yep. So whenever you're running a big job, like if somebody was on the phone in an office, they couldn't hear. It was always a big to-do. And so um, I was <laughs> – 
I had an intern. Um, Katie, if you're out there listening, I'm so sorry. I have to share this story, but it's too fucking funny. And so I was like, okay, call the company, find out how to to shift the or switch the toner cartridge. Do it now. We have half an hour before people start getting on calls again. So go, 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 go. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just hear a cathud. Fuck. And she walks into my office, chin to knees, covered in toner. <laughs> no. Somehow she took it out wrong. It clearly had exploded. <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing ever. Oh, no. <sighs> oh, it was good. Oh. That's really funny. That's really funny. And then, of course, we got fined by the company <laughs> for fucking up the printer. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was on a call the other day with a sales rep, and <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to say this. Um, I could just I left the call, and my first thought was, now, I've used this company for four or five years now. Okay. I know them pretty well. Um, I know the sales rep really well. We've worked together. And I left the call thinking, how long do I have to do my job before it's recognized that I actually know what the fuck I'm doing? Oh, yeah. Like, the way that they were talking to me was so condescending. And I thought, what are you doing? Like, I know you. We have a relationship. But it was, like, the sales rep that I have a relationship with and then somebody new. And they were kind of doing this duo thing. And um I get it. I get it. Like they're they're trying to keep their business. They're trying to keep people using their software. And um sitting there and saying, what did they say to me? They said, you know, if you're not asking people for money and you're not fundraising in 2020. People are just going to think you don't need it. <laughs> Brittany, did you know that? I'm like, what are you talking about? I I am actively fundraising in 2020. And it was just like this whole um, statement on what we, quote unquote, should be doing as nonprofits in 2020. Yeah. But they're not a nonprofit. Well, so that's the funny thing is like so many of these companies that have products or services geared towards nonprofits don't have anybody who's actually been in nonprofit fundraising Yes, inside. And it really bothers me. Like I, I was even thinking of some of the other sales tactics of like they do webinars and they like try to position themselves as experts. But at the end of the day, they're experts in their product. Why do they keep trying to pretend like they're experts on my work, on your work? That right. really fucking pisses me off. Well, and I wonder, I mean, they've got to, right? When they develop, they? well, I don't know. When they develop these systems, cl- clearly they should be talking to nonprofit professionals to say, what kind of features would you like to see in a CRM? What capabilities would be helpful to you? And sometimes I get in there and I'm like, who the hell designed this? Oh, Yeah. Like, they clearly have no idea what we're doing on a daily basis. Actually, that reminds me. Okay, so this was one of those situations where I'd gotten quotes from a few different CRM companies. 
one of them was following up with me months later. Clearly, my client hadn't gone with them. Oh, oh well. Uh, and and the sales rep, you know, I was explaining the situation to her because she called my cell phone and I stupidly answered. And she was like, well, what do you think, what, what additional features do you think we should have that maybe would have enticed them? And I just start rattling it off. Right. It's like, your reports don't allow for this, 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 and this. Right. I need to be able to segment mailings by this, this, that, and the other. Yes. These features don't exist. And she was like, well, we have this one. And I was like, that's not what I'm saying. Not the same thing. Like, they, this company in particular, they have these, like, quarterly um, reports about your retention rate, your acquisition rate, like, all great things. But you can't segment it at all. So, like, I couldn't remove foundations from it. I couldn't get retention just on event donors. And I'm trying to explain that to her. And she just keeps being like, well, we have that. I'm like, no, you don't. And the fact that you're not listening to me right now, again, proves that you don't actually know what your clients need. Right. And they don't, none of them, um, what's the term I'm using for, like, sync with each other? Right. Right. (laughs) That's always so annoying. Uh, like I have these five different systems I'm using and none of them talk to each other. Nope. There's a couple who do, but then you're like married into that. It's like, oh, well then I have to use this for my um, email service and I have to use this for, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to give, cause I know they're just doing their jobs, but I, so I'm going to give a shout out to a sales rep I talked to the other day who, again, I have a relationship with. And I think that those are, the best um and they got to start somewhere so that's why they're calling you 50,000 times because they can't have a relationship with you until they talk to you I get it but I was talking to the sales rep the other day and she was saying well this is what we have seen over the last year and I'm like well what if I want to do it this way and she was like okay and I said so I can do it this way and she goes, you can do whatever you want, and we will help you with it. But I will highly encourage you to do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was so cute. She's just like, yeah, I mean, we're not going to say no to you. Like, you you run your business the way you want to run your business. But I will tell you that... We have found that people that do it this way have been more successful in the last year. I'm like, that's good. You're good. All right. I'll listen to you now. (laughs) I mean, I know we're ragging on these sales folks pretty hard now. And there are definitely exceptions. Like, that was a great one. She was willing to understand that her way might not be the only way. Um, I've seen it recently. So I sit on the board of AFP Colorado. Shout out to the Association of Fundraising Professionals. Um, And I I oversee our membership. And I've just noticed a number of folks from um, for-profit firms joining, Um, you know, ones who have specific products for nonprofits. And and to me, I think that indicates a level of engagement. And now that I'm starting to see them come to educational events, like, okay, you you have a CRM company. Planned giving doesn't really mean anything to you, but you're showing up. And I know part of that, too, of course, is networking. But I appreciate the effort. Yeah. And I appreciate that maybe they are trying to learn and get more comfortable with the jargon and be able to understand needs of nonprofits better. So I want to say kudos to those folks. Um, but I just remember 
Speaking of, again, good relationships. Um, so I worked for a nonprofit and we had a location that was just really close to a bunch of other businesses. So we'd get a lot of walk-in sales folks. Um, one of my favorites was when a bakery opened up a local franchise. They brought us in delicious baked goods. Yum. We developed a relationship with them and then they would donate to our annual volunteer events. It was awesome. Yep. But my favorite was <laughs> an office supply company. Um which didn't make sense. Super small business as our, our nonprofit. Like at that time, we had three staff members. We did not need some sort of monthly subscription to office supplies. Right. Um, but this guy sat down and like wanted to learn about our mission. I explained all about it to him. Um, explained why we would not be utilizing their services. And two months later, he calls back and said, "Hey, do you all need help getting school supplies for the holiday or for uh, for your kids for school?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." He single-handedly executed a school supply drive for, like, 100 kids through his company. Yeah. And then whenever they would have, like, like scratch and dent – I don't think you call that that in these kind of, like, small retail environments. But when things were returned that he couldn't use, he would call us up and ask us if we wanted it. I never gave that man an ounce of business. Really? yeah, he was just so great. And Aww, like, that's awesome. Wanted to create that relationship, like you were yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a sales rep call me up the other day and invite me to a focus group. Hmm. I know. See, now that's a good fundraising tactic used in a for profit business. Well done. Yep. Well done. And I showed up with probably a dozen other, um, nonprofit folks from across the sector and we gave our input and then they took that focus group training and then brought it to a larger audience and said here you know come discover what we learned through our focus group and what's working for nonprofits and not working in 2020 and I thought it was genius that's really smart well done genius yeah are you going to use their product now Probably. Hey, see, there it is right there. Hey, I know it works. It works. If, if you want my business, ask me for my advice. (laughs) If you want my advice, ask for my business. (laughs) Exactly. Isn't that what we do with donors? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. So I think it's funny. The ones who are actually rooted in nonprofit-specific tools and then those who aren't, who are just trying to cross over into nonprofits and the differences of understanding. Yep. Well, and it certainly speaks to having um, a strong... I don't want to say front desk person, but, you know, like whoever is going to intercept Gatekeeper? those. Gatekeeper? Gatekeeper. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, because that person can make or break it. Do you have a gatekeeper? Or have you had gatekeepers? I have in the past. I, I don't now. I mean, the cats sitting next to me don't like to get involved in sales calls. <laughs> is your voicemail your gatekeeper? Yes. There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mine. But, I love I mean, it. it. It's true. Like... When we were in physical space together, which doesn't happen all that much anymore, but like it'd be that front desk person be like, I don't want your pens. Go, go away. Or yeah. the the person who like actually sends the caller to the right voicemail so that they get a call back. 
I used to sit within view of my front desk person. And mm-hmm. so she would answer the phone, put them on hold, look at me, and I'd be like, uh-uh. And so then she would just send them directly to my voicemail. <laughs> but I think that that's our point, right, is that, yes, we know that all these people mean well and they're doing their job. And some of them have some really great products that help us do our jobs well. And there's an element that just is too much and it's taking up my time and I don't have time to spare. And so the voicemails followed up by the emails followed up. I mean, finally, I just, sometimes, you know what I try to do? Hmm. I try to think about it just kind of like you were talking about is that, you know, here we are, it's been reversed and if you don't say no, then they just, it's not a no. It's Mm -hmm. a not right now. Yeah. And so I've started, and I hate that with donors too, or when you're sending out um, emails and they're just not responding to say yes or no. And you're like, just tell me either way. If it's no, that's fine. I can move on. So I've started to be more proactive in answering and saying no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one thing we didn't talk about was uh, the number of salespeople who get into fundraising or think they can get into fundraising. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, I haven't seen that. Have you experienced a lot of that? I haven't experienced a lot of it, but I've certainly seen my fair share. Um, and the problem is when they use the same tactics in fundraising. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine a nonprofit calling you multiple times personally on your voicemail, sending you a number of personal emails like that? asking you for money i know it doesn't work so well it doesn't work Mm-mm. and so again it goes back to relationship development the ones that take the time to get to know you to get to know your needs they're the ones who are going to be good fundraisers just as they're going to be the good salespeople. well now that you've said that i have actually said those words to someone on the phone have you i've been on the phone with someone and said you know what you'd make a great fundraiser really yeah like, I, I acknowledge what they, they've done. Like, you did this, you did this, you asked me about this. You'd be a great fundraiser. <laughs> I'm like, if you ever are looking for a career change, that's where you should go. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, um, what are our takeaways? Do we really have any? I don't know. This feels like a bit of a fluff episode. We're just going to go off about salespeople in general. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well... I guess it's, again, just here to say we see you if you're being hounded right now and you're in your busy season. We feel your pain. Um, I think that's, too, sometimes, like, the not the awareness of, like, it's the end of the year. It's, mm-hmm. it's the day before Colorado Gives Day. Like, why are you calling me right now? Seriously. Here's my link to make a donation. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Well, we want to hear your stories. As always, do you have any funny copier stories? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear them. Um, how can they contact us? They can email us, nonprofitreframe at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook and Instagram at nonprofitreframe. And as always, now is the time. Here we go. It is uh, December 7th, as I say this right now. Tomorrow is Colorado Gives Day. Giving Tuesday was last week. It's year end. If you have capacity, now is the time to step up. Support your local nonprofits. Give and give generously.
Thanks, everybody. We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com and Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.